Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, I'm just going to keep bouncing because that's the only way that we're going to make it through. No, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Happy Vanderpump Rules recap with Kiki from the Talk of Shame. So, fun fact, actually, last week I asked Kiki if she would come do a recap and Ryan Bailey at the same time. And I guess great minds think alike because her and Ryan were on Sheena's show and I just wouldn't have made sense. So I'm so happy she made the time today. Before we jump in, uh, thank you to everybody who's in the live chat. Make sure you go ahead and smash that like button. And if you're not subscribed, get subscribed. Let's welcome Kiki. Hello. Hello. My gosh, I always think that you and Ryan, I think of you guys for these recaps because between the three of us, I think that we're always in the mix of some sort of event that involves this cast. It's true. I mean, you know, like I would say that I think, I mean, Ryan and you have definitely developed relationships over the past years. I'm newer to it. And so I'm just like kind of getting to know them. But I'm, but, but because I'm getting invited to events, I just happen to like, you know, pop up on camera every once in a while in an episode or. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I know that I always like, I sing your praises and I sing your praises because I, When I see you at these events, it's not like you're just like at the event. You're like at these exclusive events. You're in like the exclusive section. You're just like, it's not the who's who, like James Kennedy said, like who is who. It's like, actually, we know who the who's are. So I like that for you. You know, I always say like manifest the life you want to live. And the life I really want to live is I like to go out and be at parties. I do not like to be in lines. I like to always have a place to sit. And I just, and so like, I'm like manifest that for myself. Like if I get an invite, I want it to be like VIP, VIP. (laughs) Do you drink Starbucks? I, you know, the only thing I drank, because I'm not a fan of their coffee, I will say. I, I used to be a barista at Starbucks. Oh, okay. Um, And so I'm not a huge fan of their coffee, but I was always making, remember when Lizzo was making uh, like moon matchas popular on TikTok? Yes. Um, And so I got really into moon matchas, pistachio. So that's like, if I do do Starbucks, it's really only for that drink. I was going to say, if you're not someone who likes to wait in lines, you must be a mobile order type of girl. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why it's like I don't even do. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen if you were in L.A. and you've seen the drive through at Starbucks, like it's just people don't even want to get out of their car. (laughs) And so it just lines around the block in their car. Well, again, thank you for 
being a part of this. And I want to ask you and everybody in the live chat, guys, let us know what you would rate episode two, because we're just kicking off um, one to 10, 10 being the highest. Kiki, what are you giving it? You know, I will say laugh factor. I had some good chuckles this episode. Um, so I would probably give it I would give it a seven and a half because we also I felt like we learned more. I didn't realize Sheena had uh, oh, postpartum OCD. I know. Um, and I know Andy even asked her about that. And so it was uh, interesting to get insight into that. You know, Jason and I were talking about this last night in our after party. And I totally forgot when we first launched our podcast, we had Sheena on. And when we did, she, Jason asked her about Baby Summer Moon. And she started crying on our podcast, talking about how she's so afraid of everything and, you know, postpartum OCD and how like you have these thoughts and they feel so real in your mind and you have these fears. And we're going to get to that because I do have some questions for you. But before we do, Tom has entered the building. This is so awkward. I feel so bad for Anne. And for those of you guys who don't know, Anne is no longer working for Tom. Anne has left the building. She has started a podcast saying we signed NDAs. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. With her friend Amanda. And I'm like, if you signed an NDA, girl, I hope it's expired. If you're going on this podcast and you're talking shit. Right. If if it's not, get a really good LLC or something. I don't know. (laughs) But here's Anne. We love Anne because we feel so uncomfortable for her. Now, when Tom came in, he started talking about when you know, to his assistant and that his friend Jason was coming over, but also how Tom Schwartz was talking shit about him on Jax's podcast. And then he says to Ann, listen, will you tell Ariana that uh, Jason is coming over? And also I want to throw a birthday party. So if Ann wouldn't have launched her podcast and we didn't know what we know, being that Ann felt like Tom and Ariana were like a family to her. They were there for her when her father unfortunately passed away and all of the things. I would have felt so uncomfortable because when she told Ariana about the party and she's like, I will call the cops and I will continue living in my house as I do. I was like, poor Anne. I mean, it is poor Anne, but also like Stan Anne because as uncomfortable as it was, you can tell that she didn't want to lose Ariana in the quote divorce, right? You can tell that she's definitely like, I'm team team Ariana, but I work for Tom. And so I'm trying my best to navigate this. But like, I really don't want to be doing this. Um, So props to her for even keeping a smile on her face while having to deliver this stuff. Because I'm sure she's like in her mind, like, oh, Tom, just leave it alone. Like, why do you have to have a birthday party here? (laughs) I know. She's definitely looking at him like, what are we doing? Yes, yeah. is. And then when he's like, you know, like I'll book her a really nice hotel. This is another, and we're going to get to it. That totally contradicts your story of, you know, the $3 million, $3.1 million offer, wanting to book her a really nice hotel and your account is overdrawn. I don't really understand because that shit's not adding up, but wanting to book her a really nice hotel. So many people, as far as like the fans were indifferent about this. Some people thought, wow, that's really nice of Tom. And other people were like, I would have done the same thing as Ariana. So I want to hear, like, what would you do if you were Ariana in this situation? So here's the thing. Off the bat, anytime someone offers me a really nice hotel, I say yes. But that's because I love hotels. Like, if if I could stay at a hotel, you know, every night, I would. I love hotel living. So it would have been hard for me to turn that down because I would have booked the nicest suite 
um, in LA and I would put it right on his credit card. I think we have to like perspective. They started filming what, like three months after the the whole affair broke out. So yeah, it was quite- that is fresh. Mm-hmm. So like, I get, trust me, I am Petty LaBelle. I would too be like, no, you're not doing anything in this house. So I know people were like, it's his house too. He pays the bills. But like, you have to put yourself in your shoes. You would be so angry still three months in. Yeah. No. And honestly, like uh, Jason and I were even talking about this last night. If we were in this situation, if I were her and I had a best friend, which thankfully my best friend is a woman and I don't have to worry about this scenario. But if I had a best friend or a friend, since they weren't best friends, an acquaintance, and I found out that there was a seven month affair, I would be petty as hell too. I would be like, oh, you want something? I'm going to make sure that I do everything in my power for you not to have that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I look, I'm a grudge holder. I, I've, I talked about it like for so, I mean, I, I just, there's things I don't like to this day just because somebody pissed me off like, you know, 10 years ago. (laughs) It's some people are like, I have a brother who he's one of those people that he will hold grudges for the rest of his life. And once he cuts you out, you're out. He's just like cutthroat. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm done with you. But I do miss you that I can see like the good times, you know, like so I I'm a flip flopper in that sense. Sometimes I guess it depends the scenario. But also, you know, we have to think about the things that she's dealing with, like that stupid fucking white noise machine. Yeah, that shit would drive me insane. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird because like he's saying it's because they're overhearing this conversation and they're getting leaked back. But it's just like. Well, then I don't know. Don't talk about stuff in the house. Like, like, why are you being idiotic? Like, go have conversations elsewhere. Why? You know, if you had a white noise machine blasting into my hallway, like I would literally like break that thing in half. I would destroy that. thing. Also, you have a gym with the door that looks like it seals. You have there are other places in the home you could go into the backyard. You could go like walk to the very back fence like the ring camera is not going to catch all of that, you know. So there are things or. If it's something that's that whatever, maybe put it, you know, some people like do one of those disappearing texts or something. I don't know. (laughs) Like there are options for you, Tom, but the white noise machine, that is. That's a move on his part. He's trying to piss someone off. Yeah. And someone even in the comments is saying, you know, Tom is paranoid. I actually agree with that, too, because how does he even know stuff's getting leaked back? I think he's so self-absorbed. If something he has said in his life, he sees he just assumes that like they're paying attention to him. But the reality is it's like Ariana doesn't care. She doesn't want to listen to your conversation. She's not worried about you. Like, bye, bye, boy, bye. <laughs> what did you think, by the way, about her conversation with Lala? You know, it's interesting that Lala, I think for some reason, I think this whole Tom thing, it triggered her first in a very like she hates that he did this because men are garbage kind of way. And like, I'm going to have my girls back. I think that was the initial trigger. And that's what we saw at the reunion when Venom came out. Right. Now I think it's triggering her in ways where she's like been on this other side of being the woman scorned. And she wants to walk Ariana through it and like, don't put yourself through extra headaches and heartaches like that are unnecessary because like, it's just not worth it. So it was interesting to see off the bat, like, her just say like, 
just who cares? Why would you want to call the police? You know, because you you would think that she would have been like, yeah, yeah. So she's having some perspective in all of this. Um, I don't know what happened, you know, in the three months between that made that happen, because obviously we've seen the call to Raquel. We've seen now, you know, this conversation. So it's interesting. I do remember talking to her on the red carpet at BravoCon and asking her, like, what is, you know, we've seen all like a lot of phases of Bravo over the years. What are what is the, you know, Lala we're going to see this season? Um, and I can't remember the exact wording. I have to go find the interview. But it, I think it was more like in the Zen place. Like, I think she's trying to come to this more Zen place. Yeah, but also, by the way, thank you for the super chat. Adam, I was surprised to see Sheena's friends at the snake's birthday bash. Tom also stopped Ariana from doing stuff in the house. I mean, tit for tat. I would be tit for tat all day. I'd be tit and tat. All of my personalities. It would be right there. That's how I'd be. But back to this. I do think, too, because Andy Cohen even admitted on Watch What Happens Live that people sometimes who are really, really good at reality TV, and I think that this is a great cast. They have an element of narcissism and there's a little bit of ego in there. And I do think that whether she wants to admit it or not, I think that two things can be true at the same time. I feel like she can be happy for Ariana, but also be like, there was a whole expose and you know documentary and things that came out about Randall and my life. And nobody came knocking on my door saying, hey, here's a pink glad trash bag, you know, or this sponsorship or the chicken sponsorship or any fucking other sponsorship. It, well, it goes back to, you know, the line that came out of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. People want the perfect victim, you know, um, w- regardless of how you felt uh, on the Johnny and Amber side, like Amber was not the perfect victim. And so people didn't have a lot of empathy for her. And Lala sort of fits into that scenario because, again, we've seen her entire relationship unfold. And in the beginning, it was a secret relationship that everybody called out. And so when people look at it as like, well, that's karma. You know, you did it. You got it back done to you. And so um, Ariana was just a much more um, empathetic victim in this scenario. Okay. That makes sense. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for giving me some perspectives here. <laughs> All right. So now I wanted to move over to James and Allie because there was a moment that I felt was a little pre-produced and I always have great conversations with James and Allie. Um, But, and this is nothing against them. We are filming a TV show. They're walking through their neighborhood, right? And they're talking about a dog. Now, pan over to a scene that they just filmed. I don't know. I can't remember if it said two days earlier or two weeks earlier where Lisa is like, James, have you heard about Graham? Where is he? And it's like, you wouldn't ask that had you not have already known that Graham was en route to Vanderpump Dogs and that you were going to make this a scene for the show. And then it makes me think that they filmed this scene walking down the street after talking about the dog so they could tie this in. Because you know how sometimes they, it's not like all in sequence, right? Like it's not you know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that's what we're getting. It's like kind of picked apart a little bit. 
How do you do you think I'm onto something or do you think I'm overreading into this? No, I think that they once that whole Graham situation happened, they knew they had to work it into the storyline for sure, because it was super extra where it was like James holding pictures of Graham as a baby and was like, you know, he was my everything. And Graham just like I mean, I've never heard him talk about Graham in all of the years him and Graham were on the screen together. I've never heard him talk about Graham like that. No, it, it, the only other time that I saw James get really upset was the time where Graham tried to break out from that little that boarding place and he got cut open. And yeah. He started crying at Sir. Yeah. And then he asked to see Graham. But yes, I feel like this was a little bit of a pre-produced moment from our Lisa Vanderpump over here. And also, since we're talking about Lisa Vanderpump, the closing of Pump Restaurant. Now, yeah. We talked about this last night. It's so weird. And I kind of get the like chills about it. Pump Restaurant is where Jason worked for four years. Pump Restaurant is where I met Jason. Um, Pump Restaurant, like there's so many memories in that fucking restaurant. There, I remember there was a manager who had, there was a manager who had sex in the back of the restaurant. Like th- there was a lot of stuff that had, that had happened at Pump Restaurant. So no, it's like true. It was like while I was watching that scene, I remembered I wanted to post. I got to find the picture. Julian Higgins, you know, my friend Julian, you probably see him on TikTok. That was the first time we ever met in person was at Pump. See, like we all have like a little special memory there, you know? Yeah. And it's it's kind of wild, too, because Jason and I were supposed to be there that day that she showed up to Pump and kind of like it was the last day. Um, and all of our friends and the people that we used to work with there and also at Tom Tom and stuff, they all wore black to pump that day because it was like a funeral. And I was like, I'm not, I said, I'm not doing that. And then Jason's like, what do you talk? All you wear is black anyways. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. So I, I guess I'll do that with you guys, but I'm not a part of the, like, I don't know. I, I, I just thought I was like, this is silly, but okay, it's, we'll go with it. But then, you know, my grandfather passed away. So we ended up changing the plans. So we didn't end up going. And then thankfully, Sheena allowed him to have an after party after her show. So then we invited all of the pump people. But yeah, it's just, it's nostalgic. And back to the pre-producing and then the questioning what people are saying. Lisa Vanderpump ends up sharing the story about why they are closing pump and the landlord wanting to extend it for 10 more years, the lease, and charge them more. But as we know, the landlord got pretty vocal about this and was like, none of that is true. And also I gave them a break during the pandemic and they took the liquor license that they said that they would give me. And they took a few fixtures from the restaurant that they said would stay there. Where are you leaning in this? So as somebody who worked in the hospitality field for a very long time, um, I mean, done it, you know, in front of the house, but I, I worked, you know, usually operations. Look, running restaurants, it is thin margins. You just don't make a lot of money. And I will just say, I don't know, there's something about, I'm not saying it's a sketchy world, but I don't know, a lot of things you do and nobody talks about it. There's a lot of sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of just like, you're doing this, you're doing that. And so I get it. It's like, it probably doesn't make her look great. But have I seen a lot of fighting between, you know, owners of restaurants and landlords before? Yeah. And it's, yeah. honestly, it goes both ways because I've seen landlords that, you know, treat the tenant, the owner of the restaurant like crap. And, you know, and, and so 
what, what, whether the, the rent was actually getting raised, maybe it wasn't. And whether that was just an excuse, who knows? But I do know that hospitality world is not for the faint of heart. And these are the sorts of disputes that happen if you want to open a restaurant. You know, Jason had to, Jason, since he wasn't the general manager, that was always Chad. But in Pump's like heyday, they made a lot of money, you know? And then you have to think about it like the wait staff. Well, they still get paid because minimum wage is $15 in California. I don't know. Like you're saying, the margins, like owning a restaurant is not an easy situation. Jason always asks, he's like, you know, one day I just, I would love to invest into a restaurant. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. There is no way. I mean, I would open like a food truck before I would open a restaurant. Like I'm just yeah. like, get good, really good food, you know, and you don't have to have, you know, and you can still have workers who get paid well, but you don't have to have all of the razzle dazzle, you know, I worked for a design company, you know, we designed restaurants sometimes that were like, just for the design cost a million dollars. Just, yeah, that is just to put the banquettes and the paint on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw on Facebook one time, it was like a meme or something where somebody said, I want to put a food truck outside of Chick-fil-A on Sundays and call it side check. And I was like, (laughs) can we steal that? Can we do yeah, that? I, I, let's, does somebody let's own do that? If not. And then we should, and then we should donate po- po- our portions of it to an LGBTQ <laughs> yes. like charity. <laughs> My God, we would have a line through their part. They would boycott us on the one day that we're trying to boycott them. <laughs> that would be great. They would have six other days of the week to be able to make their money, and we'd be just trying to like run our line through their parking <laughs> lot on a Sunday. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that, but. Okay, so now in the confessionals, there were a few moments that I saw, like Tom saying that he's very much so still in love with Raquel. I was taken aback by that a little bit, but I, mean, I just kind of don't. You better. I just don't know if I believe him. Again, I think this is narcissism level. I think that like he thinks he's in love because even again, going to watch what happens live, Andy brought that up to Sheena, and she really just kind of like stuttered over her words because she didn't even really have an answer for it because I don't think anyone actually believes it. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking in my head, if you're willing to blow up your whole life, your home, all of this, because his life kind of imploded, but then I think there's part of it or parts of it that he's happy about because when TMZ follows him and like Kyle Chan or follows him and Billy Lee, you see them and they kind of try not to smirk, but they're smiling. They feel like really, you know, like there's other people walking past and looking at them with like a camera and paparazzi. And I think that there's an element of that, that it's like, dude, like everybody's talking about me, you know? I don't in know if that was more that talking. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, the talking about you couldn't feel good, right? If you wake up every day and you just have hate, 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 hate. I'm sure he absolutely did hate it. Once the tides turn, though, and I think especially when you started going on tour, because well, we we saw the videos of people who were going to the shows, right? And yeah. people were still like cheering for him and loving him. And so once he was he got that, I think it changed his perspective of like, oh, you know, because I think he think he I think he thought he had to say he had, was in love with Raquel because he had blown his life up. Once he realized, oh, I don't need to say I'm in love because people still love me then he could just go back to being his typical narcissistic self. Well, and I think though, too, I think that there are, you know, like I saw where some people were like, how are these girls throwing themselves at Tom, like knowing what he did? And I think like, it's like when you have people like Gypsy Rose, Gypsy Rose was in prison. 
Because the murder of her mother, which is, I'm not laughing. I'm uncomfortably, like, it's not a giggle. <laughs> I'm just uncomfortable with even talking about this. And as she's yeah. sitting in prison, she said in an interview that there were thousands of letters from guys all over the country and the world who wanted to date her. And it's like, you have those people who are a little like, who are like, oh, there's a flaw here. There's an issue. Like something's really fucked up. Yeah. That's my person. It is. And, and there's like, there's that element for sure. And then there's like the element of like, there's just people, doesn't matter what you do, who are going to off the bat dislike you. So when Ariana came on the screen, there are just people that were like, I don't like her. I hate her. And anything bad that happens to her, I'm going to cheer on. And so there's that element too, right? You know, and you would think like, but why? But it's just like, it just exists. Yeah, it just exists. Somebody just said, uh, death row people get married. Look at the Mendez guys and Scott Peterson and also Ted Bundy. Yeah. Like, yeah, this happens. happens. It does. I mean... The Menendez brothers, though, I will say, is a different kind of story. I mean, you know, I'm just saying it's different. Also, you know what's crazy about Death Row? I watched a documentary about it. They actually have some of the most peaceful lives in prison because because everyone is on Death Row and they know it's just Death Row, they actually are, like, very content. They say it's, like, everyone there is cool. Nobody's, like, fighting. They are zen. They're just, like, reading, doing stuff. Like, they're chilling. It's the people that are, like, on, like, you know, lifers. But like they're in prison that actually like have terrible times in prison, which is crazy, right? I wonder who did the study on that to come up with that. Oh, by the way, oh my God. Yeah. I have to tell you, remind me at the end of this, I have to tell you about another documentary. Um, It's not out, but you're going to flip out. You're going to flip your shit. Just remind me, this is important. Don't let me go on this one. Okay. Okay. All right. So back to pump for a second. We have the girls come in. They all look great. Katie is embracing this goth chic version of herself. I think she looks absolutely amazing. Um, Lala was going to an award show. She looks great. And then you, I mean, all of them, all of them looked good. But then Tom yeah. Schwartz walks up and the girls are like, okay, we're gone. Bye. And when he starts talking to Lisa, he's telling Lisa how everything's pretty like messed up at the business. And how Tom kind of screwed it all over and then he went, you know, and disappeared and his business partners don't want him anywhere around the business. They don't want him to come into the business. They'll shut the door in his face. And I was really shocked to hear Lisa say, but Tom, you're a business partner too and you need to take some responsibility. I'm like, what in the hell tables have turned type shit is that? I just think that, like, look, I think that Lisa, it's like she 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 tries to hold the Toms accountable, but also at the end of the day, she really does baby them. Because it, it was really telling, again, when Sheena, when Andy asked on Watch What Happens Live, you know, do you think that Lisa, you know, prefers or, you know, is, can't remember the exact terminology, but is prefers Tom or Ariana? And she said Tom, right? And it's like, there's something interesting about that. Like, I think that, she knows that she, again, has to hold them accountable for the audience. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I think that there's just like a stronger relationship there. I forgot which castmate it was. Maybe it was Lala. 
But I think that somebody even mentioned that they felt like there was maybe an element of jealousy for like the rising fame that Ariana got because it was always, you know, there was the cast, but Lisa was like the most famous one, you know? And then all of a sudden, Ariana Maddox is like, she's worldwide, like candy, you know, like everybody's talking about. Yeah. There's nothing that feels worse in life than realizing that you are now irrelevant. And you know, the chatter online is keeps being, what do we need Lisa for? You know, what do we need Lisa for? Yes, her name is on the door, but like that isn't why we are watching the show. And I'm sure she sees that stuff and I'm sure it does not feel great because anytime you start anything from scratch, right? And then it kind of moves on without you. It doesn't feel good. Right, right. No, that makes sense. And that makes, I, I mean, I didn't even think about it from this uh, perspective, but maybe that's why she did go on with Hulu and do like Vanderpump Villa and stuff where she is more of a prominent role, you know, because even on the Valley, like she often knows that the Valley was because of her, you know, maybe this is how Brandy felt when she had the conversation with Sheena. She's like, look at this Emmy nominated show that I helped you start. You moved on without me, you know? Well, and it'll be interesting to see how it does this new Vanderpump show on Hulu, because, you know, I know that Lisa has tried to do, you know, she tried to do something with E before. I don't think, it, you know, nobody I know really was watching it. And no so she's now taking, you know, the Vanderpump formula and doing it with a completely different cast. So this will be her test. If you have the magic formula, then this show should succeed with or without those people. If it doesn't, then that's going to be even more ammo for people to say, see, like irrelevant. So I, I hope for her sake, it does do well. You know, it, it's funny because she really is. She's a little network hopper, but not really, but kind of. But like Vanderpump Dogs was on Peacock. She had the show on E. It's still under the NBC umbrella, but Hulu is ABC Disney. Right. So, well, and I think all these, I mean, look, she probably did try to, you know, I wouldn't, I would imagine she maybe did try to bring a Bravo. Maybe Hulu gave her a better deal, you know, and they're all moving all over the place. We saw Ryan Serhant, you know, he was on Watch What Happens Live, but he's coming back, but he's coming back to Netflix. So these people all get their starts at Bravo and they still like use Bravo to sort of promote themselves, but they're kind of all over the place. And, you know, wow. I feel like that's like a very, I can relate to being all over the place, just not like in this great way of doing it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what did you think moving on about Tom and Tom's conversation when they did end up meeting up? Because it, at first I thought it was very awkward, but then when Tom tries talking to Shorts, tries talking to Sandoval and Sandoval starts defending himself with the butt, but Tom was like, no, you can't say that. You can't do that right now. Where was your head at in this conversation? It was really annoying. It was the first time I will say I felt bad for Schwartz because we know that Schwartz does, you know, in the past kind of let, has let Sandoval sort of control the situation, control the conversation. And in this situation, he was like, no, I just need an apology right now. I don't need your excuses. And it just felt like Tom or Sandoval wasn't getting it, which was annoying because it's like, dude, like you... But also it's hard, too, because every time more information comes out, we know more and more about what Schwartz knew. Right mm -hmm. now, I think that there is an element. Look, you're always going to protect your friends. And hopefully, I don't know, like I, I get it. But like he. 
you can't stop your friends. And he knew, I think he probably knew that this is how it was going to end up. And he, and he was not prepared for it. And he's just pissed off at him for like involving him in this. Cause he knew that as your friend, I'm going to be involved regardless. And I hate that you did this to me. Okay. Well, no, I get that. And he acted sort of as a host with his apartment. And then, you know, like the little like kind of being a third wheel. So it made it look like Raquel was always the third wheel because they were always together. But, you know, like joke was on Ariana and then just, you know, letting her wear the Tom Tom hoodie to support Tom Schwartz at BravoCon. But it's like secret love messages. And then like Mexico, the f- Mexico. Like it's, it's all disgusting. And here's, I think the thing with Schwartz too, is that like, he, like when he drinks, he gets like blackout, right? Like he just goes like, they just get into another world. I think it's like him and Shep probably have similarities in that where they just, and so I think a lot of bad decisions are made in Schwartz's world specifically when he's drinking. And so while all this stuff was happening, no excuse, but I just think he was just like, whatever and they just get you know get fucked up and you know keep it moving and now like with sober eyes he's just like what was i doing you know what was i doing and then when he was sitting there when they were talking and tom sandoval said ariana hasn't paid bills in eight months but this is again the contradiction you want to have a party your account is overdrawn. You're moving $1,000 around here, $500 around here. Your account was overdrawn. You want to throw a party and put her in a really nice hotel. And then you offered her a measly sum, according to her. But according to him, it's $3.1 million. It's kind of like, this is the biggest contradiction. I've never seen somebody so rich and so poor at the same time. But also, okay, if you've been paying bills for the last eight months, at the time of filming... This is only three months ago. So if you've been paying bills for eight months, that means you've been doing it willingly with your partner, right? So that doesn't make sense. Also, you know, Ariana went on the after show and explained, you know, basically they refinanced in 2021. And before they had refinanced, they had been putting their money, they would say a sum, put it collectively into a joint account and the bills would get paid out of that joint account. And anytime it would get low, they would add, you know, equal amounts of the same sum. When they refinanced in 2021, the mortgage then started coming out instead of the joint account, it started coming out of Tom's account. I don't know why. I mean, it probably had to do with the fact that he took money out. She said she also co-signed on that loan for, you know, Schwartz and Sandy. So they had, I think the reason it was probably coming out of his account was because he was really diving into taking a large amounts of money against the house to use for his business. So if he was paying for it, it's probably because, again, he was responsible for a lot of this money. And it was probably also his his responsibility to get the money from Ariana. Now, he's too busy fucking Raquel, right, to send invoices to his partner. So... For five months, he just let it build up and he was probably, you know, just taking care of the bills because he was worried about like getting his dick wet. But then it becomes they broke up and she's like, now he's like, well, now I need you to pay the bills. And she's like, well, now I need an itemized list of what I owe because I don't even believe what I owe you because I don't believe anything you say because you're a liar. And she's like, and also on top of it, I found out that the money I was giving for the mortgage was an overpayment. So now I need you to reconcile it. 
So she said she's gone through multiple assistants to say, send me a reconciliation. And you know, these assistants are just like, I don't even, I don't even know how to use QuickBooks. I don't even know how to use an Excel sheet. <laughs> They're probably like, and no. I wouldn't peg him as somebody who would be so organized with, let me open, you know, like an Excel spreadsheet or let me open this fo- like old school folder with all of these receipts. You know, I feel like he was just like, dude, I put solar panels on top of the roof and the gardener, like they put new, you know, like lilies in the corner of the backyard and that cost me $600. So that, and then, you know, like the rest of it. And she's probably like, no, I don't know. I want to see the charges. And the easiest part is, is if you don't know because you didn't keep the receipt, I'm sure there is a credit card that you paid for it with. And on that credit card, it shows on your bank statement. Well, if Sandoval or Ariana are watching, I did used to do my uh, do accounting. I, I was very much in finance for several Wait, years. So if account. they would like someone to come in and like someone said, be a forensic accountant for them, I will do it for a very large sum of money. I time for that. You're busy. I will do it for, for a very large sum of money. I will do a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> and also, I, okay. also I'm nosy. You're, okay. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're like, I'll do it. I'm not free. Yeah. That's that's so funny. I'm so opposite. Like every time when we go to, like when we were at the House of Villains and Abby Lee Miller from Dance Moms asked me if I could help her with her YouTube channel. I'm just like, sure. Or like Captain Jason was like, can you help me? And then I'm like, yeah, just WhatsApp me. And I'm, I'm always like, who was it? It was, oh my gosh. Um, from Real Housewives of Dubai, it was Caroline Brooks who we had a conversation at BravoCon and she's like, stop doing shit for free. Yeah. Stop. And I was like, I just feel like it's like good karma. You know, like maybe it'll come back in droves. I don't know. The only time I'm doing stuff for free is like, because I really, it's something I really enjoy and I just really, really want to do it. Um, Or, you know, because it's worth it. But at the end of the day, like pay me for my time. Absolutely. Pay me for my time. (laughs) I'm nosy. I would do it for a low fee. LOL. That's funny. (laughs) Kiki, you are a woman of all trades and I love it. Yes, Boomer. (laughs) I agree with that. All right. So now I want to pan over really quick to Sheena's sit down where she is inviting Tori in. And Tori, as we know, is going to be the woman who is making out with both Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney. This is an interesting way. Again, it makes me wonder if that just organically happened and then they brought her in for this moment to just have a way to introduce her and kind of put her in and make her make sense, right? Yeah. But Brock, this poor guy, and I'm not saying poor guy because I'm, I'm siding on anything, but I'm like, you are in a house full of women and trying to have this opinion. And obviously, I know Erica... Met Erica multiple times. I love Erica. I think Courtney's amazing. Love Sheena. And it's like, they do stick together. They're like a little pack. You know, they're a family. And when Brock is like sitting here sort of downplaying some things that Sheena's going through, holy shit. Yeah, it's giving very like PK energy from, you know, PK and Dorit. You know, it's like when PK doesn't seem to understand the PTSD that Dorit is having and Brock just feels to be like, I just want to like you to be able to like let someone watch our kids so we can go have dates. And she's just like, look, you don't understand. This is something that's very serious. Like, relax. Like, so, you know, I get he's frustrated because he wants, you know, guys always want, you know, 
their old wife back or their old girlfriend back. And it's like, yes, but things, life has moved on. Things have changed. That person still exists, but it's a different form now. Thank God. Jason will never say to me, I want my old girlfriend, old girlfriend back. I think that he's like, as like we get older, like you just get like more. I just, I've chilled out so much because yeah. when we first met, I was like, "Wee, see you later. Like, bye. We want to go have fun. And you know, like, let's go to a nightclub and let's go do this. And now I'm just like, do you want to order hibachi and watch Netflix at like six o'clock and go to bed at seven? He's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Love it. So no, but watching it, I, I did like the fact that we had this conversation on camera because I think a lot of Brock and Sheena's relationship, it's seen, it has seemed to be like really great so far, but there are these ups and downs in any relationship. And just seeing this, this was a very organic, real moment. And it just shows like you're human. No relationship is perfect. And I really felt that was important for the viewers to be able to connect to this because there are viewers watching who are like, my husband is downplaying what I'm going through too. Like I get it, girl, you know, and that's a part of being on a cast like this. You have these moments in your life that are relatable to the viewers and not everybody can relate to every cast member, but that's the beauty of an ensemble cast. That's why most people can't hold the show on their own. You yeah. know? And it was nice to hear her, you know, Sheena be vulnerable about the OCD because like literally like I don't have kids and it, and it's, a lot of it, I think, is that reason. Like, I get so scared of the idea of just, like, being responsible for, like, a little person's life, you know? Like, I love, you know, like, babysitting, like, my friends' kids and stuff like that. But I always say, like, feed them before I get there. I don't, like, I'm always thinking they're going to choke to death or, like, they're going to, like, you know, I drown. Even I, You know, I'm just always, like, scared of something. And I know that's pretty much what she was saying was going through her head, like, the worst case scenarios. And you don't even want to say it out loud because you sound like a psycho. Yeah. Or some people like me, I'm really afraid of what I say out loud. Not to, like this is not about me, but I'm saying just in general, I'm, I'm trying to understand. And sometimes I'm afraid because I really feel like I'm a great manifester. And if I have a negative thought and I just speak it out to like Jason or I say something like, for example, same. I say I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Like I was w right after I saw you at the Vanderpump Rules premiere that next morning, I was supposed to fly out and go interview Monica. Well, I found out just right before that that wasn't going to happen. And the day that I got the call from Monica before everything was announced that she was no longer going to be joining the season, I woke up that morning and I asked Jason, I said, did you get insurance on the flight? Because normally we don't because we say no, because it's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't want to get insurance because I feel like I'm already putting like negative out there. And he said, yeah, I actually did. I said, Jason, I don't have a good feeling. Like, I don't think that this is happening. That night I got the phone call. Wow. And it's like, see, this is why manifestation is so real. So instead of saying, I can't, I won't, it's not gonna, you have to say, I can, I will. And it's happening. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I will never do that little fan moment again. But I love you, Shane. I'll give you that one. What do you think about emo night? Is it something that you would go to? You know, I would, again, I told you, if I had VIP and I was like in the, you know, behind the DJ booth with like the, the people in the bank hat, would I want to be in the pit? I, my pit days are over. My mosh pit, my all my pit days are long gone. So I don't think I could do that part of it. But I'd go there if I was just like, yeah, chilling, 
VIP. <laughs> if somebody gave you a Super Bowl ticket and it wasn't VIP, would you go? Um, um, like a case, like just like a regular nosebleed seat. <laughs> yes, a nosebleed seat. <laughs> not even like, not even like a regular, just regular suite, even like inside. No, no. <laughs> a nosebleed seat. <laughs> Is that um, a no? I just think that I would have more fun at like a bar. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's very honest. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I just like, I'm like, look, when you will never see me doing things like New Year's Eve in New York Times Square, because the idea of like standing in the cold for 12 hours, not wearing a diaper, like I just like, I'm not big on crowds. I don't like when people really are shoving me around. People wear diapers because there's nowhere to pee. You're out. You have to stand in place and you can't go anywhere. And the, the, the businesses don't let you go to the bathroom. Fuck no. So anyway, so. Back. So, I mean, that's my understanding. I would never know because I would go. So the, I don't know. Like, so regular Super Bowl general admission, it, it gives me that vibe. Like you'd be waiting in lines forever to use the bathroom. You'd be waiting in lines forever to get a beer. Like you'd be waiting. This doesn't seem enjoyable. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. Bringing me to my like last few things that I wanted to ask you here. We saw Tom Schwartz go over to James and Allie's house and Allie is starting her astrology business, which I'm now seeing all over the internet. By the way, Allie seeing her confessional look, she looked absolutely gorgeous. And everybody keeps, and I said this last night, everybody keeps messaging me or commenting under her posts and tagging me, asking if she's my cousin or sister. I'm like, there's no relation here. You guys, huh. I don't think I don't see it. I don't know. They think that there's a resemblance. They're like, Adam, you look okay. like a boy, Allie. I'm like, maybe Allie looks like a girl, okay. Adam. I don't know. Maybe. But I don't think so. Jason said I should put on a choker and like a little pink off sleeve <laughs> dress and see if <laughs> see if we're matching twinning over here. But my point is, in this Libra moment, James ends up getting a text that he feels like is pretty manipulative because it's an invitation to a birthday. So if he says, no, he's not going, then he looks like an asshole, right? So James is going over to Tom's to stop by the party and see if Tom wants to have a conversation while the girls are going out for emo night. When this happens, Ali stays in the car. James knocks on the door. I didn't recognize, I maybe recognized like four people including Billy Lee, which I'm like, I find it very odd that Billy Lee wants to be a part of anything filming when she slammed the entire show and Lisa Vanderpump as transphobic. I'm like, how are they even putting Billy Lee back on camera after those kinds of, you know, remarks? I didn't, I didn't understand it. And I saw my friend Brett, who was the one skinny dipping in the trailer for season 10 with Ariana. I saw Kyle Chan. I saw another guy, Christian, with Kyle Chan, who used to work at Pump. There were a few people, but then aside from that, I really didn't recognize anybody. And here comes James. And he wants to have yeah. a conversation. His fuse was this big because after saying, I thought we were going to talk. Are we not going to talk? And Brett walks up to him. Brett's like, hold on, I'll go get Tom. Goes and gets Tom and they go and sit down. This is another moment where instead of having any sort of responsibility in this matter, Tom gives a butt. And I was reading the fan comments and they said, but Tom wasn't wrong. And other people were like, but that was 10 years ago. Where are you at in this argument? Again, like, yeah, we can relitigate this. And yes, 
technically you are right, Sandoval, but nobody cares. And like, you can't make us care. I know that you think that you can make us care, but you can't. All you can do is like, all we can do is say, okay, you're right. So anyways. (laughs) I mean, that's a good way to put it. Yes, you are right. I don't give a shit. (laughs) And that's where my head's at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So he ended up walking out and it doesn't seem like things are going to go very well for this. And I see in next week's episode where Tom ends up going around to everybody in the party telling them about what happened, just happened with James. And Tom Schwartz seems to be a little bit of the voice of reason telling Tom, you need to stop trying to make excuses for yourself or else you're going to have a really shitty season. This is going to be really bad for you. Instead, you just, I'm sorry. That's it. And you need to just sit there and eat crow. Like, take it. Got to just let them ram that shit down your mouth because that's what you have coming. You disappeared. You didn't text anyone. You fell off the face of the earth. You come back, you start filming and you're like, hey man, I missed you. Like, how's it going? And they're like, no, we hate you right now. Not forever, maybe. But right now we hate you. Yeah. So what do you have to say? You know? Yeah. What are you looking forward to for the rest of the season? Is there anything in particular that stands out? You know, I don't really know because it seems like we're just kind of unpacking something new. Like, I don't think I would have expected some of the things that were happening to happen. I mean, we obviously saw there was some finally time together that, you know, Ariana and Tom have, you know, there's a beach party, there's those sorts of things. So at the time, I think we thought it was going to be just super staged or super weird, but like kind of how it's playing out. I don't know. Maybe it could be pretty organic. And I guess we'll just see how these relationships. Honestly, here's what I'm really looking forward to, because this seems to be what happens in this Vanderpump world. I'm waiting for the big shoe to drop in real time of something major that's going to happen that's going to then not be played out in the season, but it will then force us to then look through everything through the season through the same lens we looked at Scandival. Right. And then we'll get to talk about it in the reunion because <laughs> it just seems to be that's par for the course. Do you think with TMZ and the amount of attention that they get this cast now after Scandaball and like the paparazzi and stuff while they're trying to film, which obviously makes things a little bit more difficult. Is this the season of completion or do you think that there's more to come? I think that it's their breadwinner for Bravo right now. And they will do whatever they can to have it stick around. Um, And so we'll see. I just, I I don't know if they'll want to give it up quite yet. I think they, if if they can, they'll squeeze another season out of it. I believe that they just had the highest rated premiere ever for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Kiki, I appreciate the hell out of you. I want to um, bring something up really quick. Guys, we've attached all of Kiki's socials in the description, but if they don't know on YouTube, will you let them know? Yeah. So on the talk of shame on Instagram and on TikTok, obviously I have a podcast called Pop Crime with Betches where I do uh, all of my recaps of the fun pop culture, true crime cases. And then every Monday I'm on Sirius XM. <clears throat> on reality checked on Radio Andy, where we just recap our 
favorite reality moments. This week will be fun. I'm actually going to be on Thursday again because sometimes I'll be on Thursdays too. And uh, next Monday, The Housewife and the Hustler Part 2 comes out. And so I will be interviewing uh, some of the victims on Reality Checked for that. And I'll be doing um, also a pop crime episode about the about the documentary after it airs. Because you're in the documentary. Because I am in the documentary. And I went to the competency hearing for Girardi. Um, I was doing a lot of things, yeah, uh, last year. Wow. Busy, busy. Okay, guys. And I want to encourage everyone because Kiki is so busy and she is going to be on The Housewife and The Hustler Part 2. And she is on Radio Andy and she does have another podcast and she does have her YouTube And she is at the most exclusive of exclusive parties and she's not in the nosebleed seats. I don't think I forgot anything here, but I wanted to say, make sure that you go and subscribe to her YouTube channel because she's going to start also heavily focusing on that from what I gathered from our conversation. Yes, you said we had me and Adam had a very long conversation and I said 2024 is going to be the year of Kiki. Figuring the fucking YouTube out. So we're just gonna do it. <laughs> I like that. And I wanted to say too, guys, because it is February 7th. We do have Valentine's Day coming up. I think Jason is listening to this while he is at Costco and I'm in his ear. So hint, hint. But whether you have a Valentine or not, and you're just wanting to pamper yourself. We have Rose Forever. <laughs> and I have them all over my house. This is one of my favorite partnerships. So I wanted to tell you guys about this because I have a lot of uh, discounts in the description of this video. And if you guys are thinking, well, maybe this is just a little bit expensive, we are doing a free giveaway on our podcast as well once we hit a certain number of views and ratings. So sometimes they're like $800 and you can go on the site. We partnered with them and you can pick literally any single bouquet that you want. They're more than happy to give it to you, ship it to you. Everything will be free. So definitely go check them out. And Kiki, thank you so much. And I got to tell you about that documentary right after this. Okay, thanks. All right, guys. Love you so much. We will see you on Friday for Hot Messy Topics, I believe, with Kim from Bravo Breaking News. Don't know yet, but I will keep you posted. And go check out Rose Forever. Again, the discounts are in the description of this video. And if you want to see if you actually just win one, um, all you have to do is go to anywhere you get your podcast, click on Up and Adam podcast. We're at 1,050 ratings. Drop a rating and let us know what you think about the second episode of Vanderpump Rules. And you are automatically entered to win. Once we hit 1,300 ratings, we are going to do our giveaway. So love you guys. See you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.